This is the Saverin on Steelers podcast from Steelers Nation Radio. Catch Stan every weekday at 2 on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. I woke up Sunday morning, got a call from uh, his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, Drew Express, uh, that he was feeling better and that he would potentially be able to participate. I outlined to Drew that decisions weren't made like that. Uh, but I would be interested in visiting with him in person at the stadium prior to the game. Um, but playing wasn't on the menu. So in essence, Mike Tomlin benched Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown decided Sunday morning that, okay, I can play. I'm good enough. Tomlin said no and made the decision on Saturday that he was not going to play. It was called the Mike Tomlin press conference. It very well could have been called the Antonio Brown press conference because it was more about that particular issue than it was about certainly anything that transpired Sunday against Cincinnati or really any of the major disappointing losses that they had all season long. That's what people wanted to talk about. That's what we want to talk about, and we will. Here's how you get involved, 412-922-2874. Pound 970 on your cell. You can email me, stansaverin at iheartmedia.com. You can post on Facebook, Saverin on Sports, or tweet at Stan Love the Show. Mark Cabali covers the Steelers and has for years, now writing for The Athletic in Pittsburgh. He'll be my guest at 120 as we discuss the issue. The question that I put out for you is this the final straw? Is this the last straw? as far as Antonio Brown, his relationship with the Steelers is concerned. Uh, When does enough become enough? You could characterize it. In fact, Tomlin was asked this question. Do you believe that Antonio Brown quit on the team? He said, you characterize it any way you want. I asked the question, in your view, was this an act of petulance? on the part of Antonio Brown, had nothing to do with his knee. In so many words, he said yes, because he called it a failure to communicate. Tomlin tried to get in touch with him. Brown did not respond. You said that the first contact he had was with his agent, who calls Sunday morning, who then informs Tomlin, okay, A.B. says he's good to go, and Tomlin says, no, he's not. He's benched. He's not playing. I don't care how he feels. It was pretty clear after the press conference today that Tomlin is very angry with Antonio Brown. He's not the only one. Cam Cam Hayward appeared on DVE this morning and said, you can't have this. You can't have a guy who quit on his team. Look, maybe the odds of Cleveland beating Baltimore weren't very good, but heading into 425 Sunday, who knew? Who knew what consequence beating Cincinnati, which they barely did, might have in their season. So, in essence, you could look at this as kind of a playoff game, certainly an important game, and he decides for whatever reason that he can't be bothered. Something else is going on, and he's not going to show. Remember, remember, this isn't the first time this has happened this year after the Kansas City game. Remember, he skipped the Monday meeting. There have been other times I've been told When the other players were at meetings, he was sitting down in the cafeteria eating breakfast by himself. 
not bothering to go to the meetings. And I bring all this up because I know there are an awful lot of people who think this is all Tomlin's fault, that he enabled him. I wouldn't characterize it as all Tomlin's fault. Did he enable him? Yeah. I think that's somewhat understandable. You don't deal with B.J. Finney the same way you do with Antonio Brown. That's a fact of life. It's a fact of life in any walk of life, in any endeavor, in any business. Did he let it get too far? Yeah, I think he did. I mean, he did stand up and bench him Sunday in a game that meant something to him. I don't know what's going to come from this point on. And if you think that the Steelers should make a change as head coach for any number of reasons, I understand that. I don't engage in that because it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But I would remind people of this. The Steelers had nothing to do, whether it's Tomlin, Rooney, Colbert, Ben, teammates, Everybody wants to blame Tomlin. People want to blame Ben because he didn't throw to him. Whatever it is. The Steelers had nothing to do with Antonio Brown driving 100 miles an hour on McKnight Road. The Steelers had nothing to do with him throwing furniture out of a 14th floor condo in Miami Beach. That had nothing to do with the way he was treated as a football player. The McKnight Road incident happened in season, but the Miami thing happened in the offseason. My point is this. Antonio Brown is a troubled individual. He has issues. I don't know what they are. I'm not going to play amateur psychologist. I don't know. My point is, is that Antonio Brown's actions do not stem from the way he has been disciplined or not disciplined by the organization or the way that he's treated by his teammates, whether he was named the MVP of the team or not. Think about that for a minute. Many of his issues have had nothing to do with his association with the football team other than the money that he's paid and a sense of entitlement that I'm Antonio Brown. Maybe the worst thing in all this is that Antonio Brown not accepting any communication from his head coach or any of his teammates for that matter, including Ben Roethlisberger. He has his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, call Tomlin Sunday morning before the game against the Bengals and said, okay, A.B. says he's good to go. He thought that, okay, I don't have to come to practice. I don't have to come to meetings. I can storm off whenever I want. But if I say that I'm okay to play, then uh, I can play. Why? Because I'm great and because I'm valuable. 
That is a true sense of entitlement. Everybody else has to show up for walkthroughs, practice, meetings, all that kind of thing. But he actually felt that with all the stuff that transpired, that all I have to do is say, okay, I'm gonna, I decide I want to play now. And that's all that anybody needed to hear. And then, not being man enough to either respond to the phone calls or text, whatever they were, from his head coach, he has his agent do the dirty work. And when he showed up on Sunday, he was told, you're not playing. If you want, you can help some of the younger wide receivers by being on the sidelines during the game. But you're not playing. By all accounts, he stayed around for the first half and then left at halftime. What do you do with him now? Initially, and I'm not exactly sure always how the salary cap issue works, that the hit, if you trade Antonio Brown, would be virtually the same as if you keep him. Might be worth it. Addition by subtraction. I am told that some players, off the record, and you read some anonymous quotes, I'm sure, that said, this is as bad as I've ever seen it. It made it to the point where I really didn't want to play. And my guess is that had the Steelers capitulated and said, okay, A.B., you're here, suit up, you're playing, that the reaction of the players would have been much worse and that they might have lost 31 to nothing. Antonio Brown doesn't have many friends left in that locker room. Again, Cam Hayward said this morning, you can't have him quit on us. Ben was trying to play mediator. Maybe he should rip him. Maybe everybody should. Now what do you do? There'll be punitive action, but is no matter how much they discipline him, I go back to driving 100 miles an hour on McKnight Road. I go back to throwing temper tantrums. I go back to throwing furniture out of a 14-story condominium, allegedly almost injuring an infant. This guy's 30 years old. He's never going to change. He's a great player. You know, I think we all agree on that. But I don't know that he's ever going to change. Gary posts on Facebook, and he says, I know A.B.'s a great talent, but like some athletes, their great talent has allowed them to become jerks. As a Steeler fan, I've always respected the Roonies because they don't allow players to be jerks and still remain a Steeler, no matter how great that talent is. 
Many fans will say the Steelers need A.B. I'm ex-military, and in my beliefs, one person is never greater than the group. If he stays, if he stays, some type of discipline has to occur. I think you can expect discipline. He quit on his team in what was tantamount to a playoff game. Now, I've heard various opinions on that's what it would mean for the salary cap, that it's the same. My question is, what kind of value could they get in return? I don't know. People, meaning other teams, would understand what they're inheriting. They're inheriting the best receiver in the game, but they're also inheriting a time bomb that is bound to go off. What indication, no matter what they do to discipline them, and I don't know what that would be, what, suspend them for the first game of the 2019 regular season? I don't know. But even if you did that, if you suspended them for the first month of the season, who's to say that somewhere in early November he doesn't do this again? He's a sick puppy. And the mere fact that he thought, well, okay, I woke up Sunday morning, nothing wrong with my knee. By the way, he was scheduled to get an MRI. He never went. So if his knee was such a problem, why didn't he go get the MRI done? Why? Because there's nothing wrong with his knee. Gary on Facebook says, the question is how much of Antonio's antics and conduct are the Steelers willing to tolerate before it becomes too much of a distraction or embarrassment to the organization? Does his value as an employee outweigh his long resume of immaturity? That's the question. Jeff says, if you wait until June and try to trade him, it will only count $9.5 million against the cap. Hayward said this morning on DVE the players are getting tired of his antics, as they should. John says, get rid of him. Try to get something in return if possible. There's always someone waiting in the wings to replace a great player and show everyone what they can do, just like James Conner. Brad on Facebook says, the Tomlin Brothers Barnum Bailey Circus is in town. How can the Roonies allow this dumpster fire to continue to burn? I would think... Whatever happens to Antonio Brown, Art Rooney II will have plenty to say about that. I tried to get in a last question at the press conference, and we ran out of time. And my question was, have you yet conferred with Art Rooney about Antonio Brown's situation or about your coaching staff? Tomlin, by the way, left it open that there could be changes in the coaching staff. I think Art Rooney's going to demand that. Ron says, in the end, if bailing on the team, not showing up for work or a playoff-type week isn't grounds for a firing or a trade, then nothing is. You get what you deserve with him. What could you get? I don't know. Could you get a number one for him?
Joe says, lying, Michael will answer anything. He's dancing around the hard answers. Uh, that's crap, Joe. He answered every question. Again, just because he doesn't give the answers that you want to hear doesn't mean that he's not answering the questions. I thought he came off very well, Tomlin. And again, it wasn't Mike Tomlin standing alongside Antonio Brown throwing furniture out of 14th story condominium. I don't want to be a knee-jerk, reaction guy, emphasis on jerk. But I think whatever prospects they have in 2019, based on what they might get in the return, whether it's a draft pick, whether it's a player at a position they need, I think they should be done with them. Mark Caballi of The Athletic, obviously been covering and following this story. He'll join me next on Saverin on Sports. You can tweet at Stan Love the Show, post on Facebook, Saverin on Sports, or call 412 412- 9222874 Mark Cabali of the Athletic joins me next Saverin on Sports ESPN Pittsburgh The Saverin on Steelers podcast from Steelers Nation Radio Football's an honest sport That's why I love the game It's honest man let you know exactly how it, how it feels about you and what you, what you put in what you get out so the record is what it is It wasn't good enough that's for sure it was not, and so the season-ending press conference, although that's generally designed to discuss the previous season, uh, none of that really came into play today. We're joined now by Mark Cabali, who's covered the Steelers for a very long time, now writes for The Athletic in Pittsburgh. Mark, just in general, your impressions of the press conference today? I think Tomlin's, uh, if he hasn't reached that breaking point, he's uh, straddling right now. He's overlooked a lot of things in his career when it came to Antonio Brown, and we were mentioned some of them off the air here. This looks like it's, well, this didn't really sit well with him. He was clearly pissed. Yes, he didn't want to divulge everything like there was an issue on Wednesday that caused this all, but he made it quite clear that it was unacceptable what, he, what Antonio did, and uh, there were consequences to it. I mean, he could have easily said on Sunday, all right, go out there and play. We need this game. For him in that situation, in that game, to finally stand up to the guy and say, no, this is enough, it's to a point where now you have to start considering where do you go from here forward. I know, I mean, logistically it doesn't look like they can do much, but if they come to the conclusion that he's going to do what he's been doing, he can make this a hell for him, Stan. And we see on social media right now the first start of it, and I wrote that about that today or yesterday in The Athletic. If he wants to make this hell for this organization, he has the power to do that on social media and posing with James Harrison, with Mike Tomlin, press conference in the background and laughing and whatnot. When you can't get back to the coach, you can't get back to the quarterback. It could be a start of things here that could lead to him out of town. Do you think that that is a viable option? We understand the salary cap ramifications. Maybe you could succinctly explain what that would mean. Uh, What do you think the market for him would be? What do you think the return for him would be? People understanding that they're inheriting Terrell Owens. Yeah, it's, it's financially it's tough. 
because there's a $21 million cap hit with a any sort of trade or release. It all depends on post-June 1, pre-June 1, depending when that comes on off the books. If they do it bef- before June 1st, that all comes off the books, right? Or gets added onto the, the salary cap. is dead money, $21 bucks. So that money you saved for Le'Veon Bell and that money that that you paid Ryan Shazier not to play this year basically is all sucked up by trading a guy like Antonio Brown if you're just going to get draft picks. I would imagine if that would be the case, it would be more draft picks than anything else. But you're not making draft picks post-June 1st where that number of 21 can be spread out over two years, which would mean $7 million and $15 million. Then the last year of his tr- contract where it's $15 million would be voided. You'd event- eventually save $15 million bucks. But in the here and now, in that window of Ben at his best, and, and I was going to say A.B., but in that window where you think they can win the Super Bowl, to be able to eliminate $20 million off of uh, the salary cap there where you can go and get a linebacker, get a cornerback is a tough move. So unless A.B. Can, continues to force the issue, unless he doesn't show up to OTAs and minicamp and you were pushed into a corner where you have to, I think they keep him just for all those reasons. Maybe he forgets about it. Maybe they kiss and make up. I think that's the best thing they can do. Antonio can be emotional at times. I think that's the case right now. This time is something that is on the Steelers' side because they don't have to do anything right now. Let's just wait. Maybe he cools off. But if he comes back, Stan, there has to be strict rules in place. And Are you confident that Antonio is just not going to be what he is and deal with it because he catches 110 balls a year? Well, I think that's the question, isn't it? Um, And again, his issues go well beyond posting things up on Facebook Live um, and not showing up for practice or meetings. Um, Again, he's got got issues. Uh, The McKnight Road thing, uh, myriad others, the Miami condominium thing, this robbery that he claims. My point is, is that there's certainly no guarantee whatsoever that this isn't going to happen again and again and again, no matter what you do to him. What, po- what, what possible discipline can, can they give him? And that, and that's the issue, and that's the issue with some of the – where people say this team's full of drama, and that might be the case, but honestly, who are we talking about here? Maybe some of the quarterback, maybe Le'Veon and maybe Antonio. Where the else is the drama coming from? What does those three guys have in common? Make a ton of money and are very valuable to this team. So how does a guy like Mike Tomlin discipline them? You can only find them so much money. You can only find them twenty grand or something. We know what Antonio Brown does with twenty grand. Buys a ring. <laughs> at least that's worth it. At least he doesn't care. Twenty grand is nothing. Here, I'll be late to every meeting in, in the world. Here's this. So it's hard to discipline a guy that you can't then. You know, bench. Are you going to bench Antonio? He finally did on Sunday. But can you bench the quarterback? No. Could you do something to Le'Veon Bell? No. So that's what makes this a unique situation where you have you had three very high notarized people getting paid a ton of money that had strong personalities and were basically undisciplined. You couldn't discipline them. How, how can you discipline them and be able to still be able to keep your job, win games? So. I think that's where Antonio Brown knows it. I mean, he can sit there and think, I don't care what you do to me. What's the worst thing can happen? 
you trade me and I get paid somewhere else and I can get my money regardless and do what I want there. I mean, they're in a tough situation right now, and I don't think sitting them down and for a Cincinnati Bengals game is going to change that. This has been something that's been perpetuated by Mike Tomlin and the organization for a decade now, and it's finally getting to the point where they don't know what to do. I would think the only thing that you can do, and I don't think this will be effective, the only thing you can do with a guy like Antonio Brown is appeal to him being a part of a team, um, that you're letting your teammates down. I'm getting the idea that either, A, he doesn't realize that, or, B, worse yet, he doesn't care. I think he doesn't care. I think it's all about Antonio. And I think you see by some of his reactions over the past month or so when he was, you know, not very happy yelling at people, yelling at people on the sidelines when they were winning and posting accolades when they were losing. I mean, if you've heard this from some of the, the guys he's played with before, you know, 10 for 150 and two touchdowns a little bit more important than a win. And I do believe he once said on a national show that he'd much rather have a yellow jacket than a Lombardi. Some people are wired that way. You know, Terrell Owens was wired that way too. He didn't even show up to his Hall of Fame ceremony. What interests Antonio is Antonio and Antonio's money, but this is not nothing. This is not anything new. This is not something that's 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 jumped up out of nowhere. This has always been Antonio for at least the past, you know, since he got paid. It's always been about him. Now the issue is, does he feel like he's worth it? Does he feel like he's appreciated? The Juju Smith-Schuster MVP vote never happens, Stan. I would love to know how things move forward from yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I would you, love to. You think that set him off? I think it had something to do with it. He's probably thinking, wait a second, you don't need me. I'm getting double-team coverage. This guy over here is getting all the accolades, and if it wasn't for me, look what he did in Cincinnati. Let's see what they can do without me. The funny that's thing about mindset. that is that's a direct parallel to what happened with Mike Wallace when he left. <laughs> oh, you like Antonio Brown so much? Let's see when I'm not there and see what happens with Antonio Brown. That's exactly the scenario that uh, Wallace was talking about. And Wallace went to Miami, got paid a ton of money, then Did fell nothing. into Bolivia. I don't even know where he's at now. Is he in Baltimore? He was with Baltimore for a while. I don't even think he's there anymore. So Minnesota someplace? Philly. Yeah, he is in Philly. Is yes, that where he's in Philly? Yes. It's a good place for him. <laughs> it's a good place for him. Another cracked bell. Um how did you think um, they're going to meet on this? I, I, I tried to get in the last question and got beaten to shout it. Down, shout, huh? shout, I got shouted down. Sounded like the White House press conference exactly. right there, right? Um, except, that I, except Bert wasn't, you know, <laughs> saying nasty stuff to him and calling us enemy of the people. Um, and I wanted to know if Tomlin and Art Rooney and or Kevin Colbert have met about this situation. Um, maybe not yet. It's, you know, it's fairly fresh. But I would think whatever they decide to do, either disciplinary-wise or moving him, um, a lot of this is going to come from Art Rooney. Yeah, for, that's number one. It, it doesn't matter what Mike Tomlin or Kevin Colbert wants to do. If Art says no, that's where it stops. I, I'm not quite sure if they were met now, now because it was so fresh Monday, then they all took off yesterday. If they haven't met yet, I'm quite sure they're meeting today at yeah. some point to at least discuss what happened and, and how they should move forward. Like I said, the time is on their side, so I don't think they're going to actually push this a little bit to, you know, 
say, hey, you need to talk to us, you need to do this, you need to commit to us, you need whatever. I don't think they're going to do that. What I am interested in, Stan, in a couple of weeks, the Pro Bowl down in Orlando, 84 is supposed to be there. So there's another opportunity for him to uh, spot off or, you know, flip it the other way around too and try to be a team player. But there's only a couple people in that locker room that, you know, I do believe are have the ear of uh, Antonio. I mean, it's, it's mostly the people that were his locker mates. Vince Williams is there. James Harrison was there, former teammate, oh, guys there, like that. There's a couple of good examples. <laughs> so I don't think any other than that can really get through to him. There's no father figure like you know Richard Mann. He used to really respect him. He's not there anymore. I don't know who you go through. I mean, it's just going to be up to can the Steelers tolerate his play compared to his what he does off the field. Is it worth it? Do you give it another year than just you know wash your hands in it? Or you just wait and see if he does show up, see if he does hold out? You remember, Stan, this goes – I mean, this year is a little bit different because he's turned into that A.B. persona back – wow, it had to be OTAs, right? I mean, you look at OTAs when he just decided not to show up because of why Ben wasn't here. Maybe he never misses OTAs, and it just it's just starts stacking and stacking and stacking and stacking, and there was just something different about him this year, and I, I don't think anybody thought it would come to this, but Steelers find themselves. I mean, I'm, I'm usually a guy that you know don't think the drama is really that real. With him and this, this is an issue. This is a real big situation here. What do you think the viability? Of them trading him, I mean, uh, people know what they're getting um, on both fronts. Um, do you think there's a high market? I mean, what, what what would you anticipate would be a reasonable return? I realize it depends on the team. Yeah, he's what he'll be 31 and right. by and the next year, he's decent salary for the next three years. He you would imagine receivers. I mean, Jerry Rice played until he was 40. But he was the best receiver in the league. Larry um, Fitz is still yeah. going at 35. Th- there's, there's value there, but is the value of his contract, somebody else want him value to what the Steelers think they're worth, or you're going to get you know a top three pick. Somebody was talking about the New York Jets would fit perfectly with him. Would you take a third-round pick for him right now and just wash your hands in it? Well, third-round pick. It's just stuff. It's uncharted territory now. But all of a sudden, well, next year, let's look at next year now, you got James Washington, Eli Rogers, and Juju's your wide receivers. Are you okay with that? That's what they have to ask themselves. Yeah, and you know what they would use to you know, bring another wide receiver in here, and James Washington is a question mark. Th- uh, this is not a comparable because Santonio Holmes was never Antonio Brown, yeah. but – they dumped him to the Jets for a fifth just to get yeah, him out of here. I, th- I don't think that was similar because Santonio was on his last year of his contract, and they knew darn well he was getting banged for four games on that drug suspension yep, that upcoming yep. year. So did you really want to ha- have him around when he was going to play eight games and you knew you weren't going to sign him? So it's a little bit different there. So I don't know if there's a little bit apple and, and oranges. But they didn't get much for him, did they? Fifth. Yeah, fifth. They, I mean, they got more from Martavis Bryant from John Gruden here in a couple of months ago. So there's always somebody out there willing to uh, give you something. I don't know. I, I don't know because this is probably unprecedented. 
to have a guy of this caliber, if it comes to that, be on the market, who's still, you know, virtually in his prime, signed for three more years of decent money, that a team think that they can grab him and plug him. I mean, you know how these organizations are. They sign Reuben Foster back, and, and the guy from Cleveland was caught in insider trading. They don't care about off the field and even in the locker room issues. Can you catch the ball and make us win games? And that's where our majority of organizations make their decisions, and the Steelers included. I mean, well, trade him to Arizona, let him deal, let him play with Josh Rosen for. I was talking. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing here. Antonio has to realize he might not want to believe this, but a lot of success of his has been because of Roethlisberger, because Antonio does not run routes that are exact. It might be a yard here, a yard there, a bend it here, a bend it there. Where Roethlisberger's been here long enough to know and anticipate. And why do you think he pump fakes a lot? Because, oh, A.B.'s no. Okay, let's throw it here. You go somewhere else. That takes years for a quarterback to be able to learn yeah. that. And so those numbers might not be as, uh, you know, huge somewhere else than here. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. It looks kind of green. Sometimes it's brown because, you know, people... Lighten it up with some fertilizer or something, right? Yeah, but the one thing, uh, the color of money never changes. That's always green, (laughs) let alone the grass. Last thing for you, Mark. Uh, I got the distinct impression. My my, my original thought going down the stretch, especially after the New Orleans loss, but during the three-game losing streak, um, that there's no way that they're going to fire Mike Tomlin. It's just not the way they do things. Uh, I pointed out Bill Cowher. In the, uh, in the last three years of the 90s, or two years of the 90s and 2000, did not make the playoffs, finished under 500, but they believed he was a good coach and that things would turn around and bingo, oh, one, they were in the AFC Championship game. And I, I think they'll follow the same philosophy. However, I do think that Art Rooney, as he's done in the past, and Dan did before him, uh, I think that he's going to uh, want some changes on the coaching staff and maybe some additional positions uh, quality control, call it what you want. I mean, do you think that's the way that plays out? Yeah. I mean, and, and by the way, I just want to, Tomlin led me to believe in his press conference today that there are changes coming on the coaching staff. Yeah. I mean, he might have just been talking about Munchak, too, going, yeah, uh, leaving. But I understand. Uh, I think we've known this in the past that if Art wants somebody gone, he's going to suggest that they're gone and you know what that means more than suggest he's going to go let me just and i do let believe me, let me interject do you think that they, if they were to offer mike munchak the assistant head coaching title that would be enough to keep him here uh, i would imagine a raise that goes along with i've been saying that for at least three months now that i think you know john mitchell has now been moved into a different part of the organization where there's not much really going on football-wise, that they were going to make much the assistant head coach. He loves being here. I just don't know how much he loves head, being that head coach, that center guy. He loves the coach. Yeah. That's what you have to Because, he, I mean, the Tennessee gig didn't really work out for him. I mean, I was in that locker room a number of times when Tennessee was here and I was covering the road team, and the guy just didn't seem like he was having fun whatsoever. You never know. You never know. Somebody throws a ton of money at him. Money at him. I think he has family in Denver, so maybe that's the case. But a guy like Keith Butler, Mike Tomlin's not going to get rid of Keith Butler. Art Rooney might get rid of Keith Butler. Yeah, I was Butler. Say, what about <laughs> Rooney says, but yeah. But Mike Tomlin's not going to get rid of him. There's definitely going to be some sort of changes. And the... I think the big thing people talk about is the, you know, the the guy that 
controls the whether you're challenged or not. Do you? I mean, if art, if they really wanted one, one would have been here by now, don't you think? I I I find it I find it incomprehensible that they they didn't. Hockey, Mike Sullivan, they have a guy. Clint Hurdle has a guy. You know, they sit back in the clubhouse, wherever they're at, and they view the thing and say, challenge, don't challenge. But the thing with that is hockey, you can, at times, can go, what, six, seven minutes, then come back to it, right? Because until there's a stop in time. Baseball, you stand on the top step and ready. Here, it's, you know, you're up at the line of scrimmage. You need somebody that has a view. Absolutely. You, need, it, you almost need it more in football than the other two sports. Yeah. All right. Well, changes are on the way. Be uh, interesting to see. Hopefully, not us. Yeah, uh, yeah. Believe me, it's <laughs> happened to me plenty of times before. That wouldn't surprise me uh, a bit. Um, Mark, thank you. Great analysis, right. as always. Follow Mark in the Athletic. If you don't subscribe, you should. The Athletic Pittsburgh. Um, when we come back, some of your thoughts and comments on this particular issue. Um, I'll tell you about tomorrow's show. We'll have this date in sports history and birthday. That's all ahead. Saverin on Sports, ESPN Pittsburgh. The Saverin on Steelers podcast from Steelers Nation Radio. Change is going to be a part moving forward, what those changes will be. Uh, we're in the process of gathering information and plotting out a course. Uh, we're not going to be resistant to change in any facet. Uh, we're not going to be resistant to accountability in any facet. We're not going to be resistant to to taking ownership over over what has transpired um, because that's not conducive to us uh, moving forward. Rick tweets and says, listening to you now, you've convinced me that Brown needs to go. Too much damage is done. Scott says, get A.B. a sports psychologist Give him a last chance. He always produces on the field. Uh, boy, oh, boy. I wouldn't want to be that doctor. David says, Stan, like you said, the guy's going to be 31 years old. He's not going to change. I just hope he gets some self-help before he harms himself and or someone else. I'd be more concerned about the someone else, uh, to tell you the truth. Uh, Jeffrey says, uh, bottom line, they haven't won with the best wide receiver and running back in the league. What does that tell you? Why put yourself through this dysfunctional relationship Let's move on. Now, there are practical applications, but I, I, I do think it's past the point where you say, well, the damage to the salary cap, uh, I just think that this is something that you cannot, uh, you just can't tolerate. Rick says, A.B. for Patrick Peterson, cornerback from Arizona, in a heartbeat. Yes, I would. <laughs> 